The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports, and NFL, National Football League Podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm Will Brinson, I'm your host, and it's a Tuesday's with Brady. Pow, pow, pew, pew, pew. Pleasure, newsable, Brady Quinn. What's up, fellas? Chilling in the studio, incredible graphics all around you. Oh, yeah. You see it. Nice little lounge set up here. It's really comfy in here, Will. It really I mean, is, man. We're only missing one thing, buddy. That's you. I wish I was there. Make a trip down south, my guy. I, you know, I used to come down there once a week. I love South Florida. I know we miss you. South Florida misses you too. Yeah, we had that whole incident downtown where then then they stopped sending me. Remember? <laughs> I, I don't, but <laughs> I need this why. story. I'm just kidding. Um, oh, okay, I'm kidding. Nothing ever happened. We would have got drinks like one time, and nothing even happened. I mean, you fought that guy. <laughs> you fought know. the. You fought that guy, and I had to jump through the plate glass window. But other than that, like, nothing really happened. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wasn't that like the skip from One Tree Hill? Pretty much. <laughs> he, he <laughs> lot of guy. You got him. Yeah. You got him. Um, we're going to jump into something, but I do have a question about you guys were mentioning something before the podcast started. The Carolina Panthers are interviewing Brian Johnson, yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator. <laughs> Do you think now? I know what you're thinking. Oh God! But I have what a difference. Do, do you know what we're thinking? What are we thinking? <laughs> I know exactly what you're thinking because I, I said. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a different spin on it. Oh, okay. Let's hear your spin, Will. This is not the Panthers trying to comply with anything. Is that oh. what the suggestion is? It's instead <laughs> the Carolina. <laughs> what you said those are your words. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Instead, I mean, the I mean, Carolina. I think it's interesting that a lot of people. I we were talking about this. And a lot of Eagles fans were like, "We will drop Brian Johnson off in front of Carolina oh, if yeah. they want him." <laughs> so I, I, I thought think, it was just an interesting tweet when I saw that he was interviewing for. I mean, 
amazing opportunity for him. So I don't want to take anything away from yeah. Brian Johnson at all. Um, but just it just it was a little interesting. Oh, it called it called caught me off guard too. Bill Barnwell, I did Bill Barnwell's podcast earlier today, and we joked about this. Hey, Bill. I think it's possible that that they accidentally requested the wrong B Johnson. <laughs> like the Panthers screwed up. They were like, "Wait, we want Ben Johnson," and they actually actually accidentally asked for Brian Johnson. And no, Brian Johnson, there's no way. <laughs> How crazy would that be? And now Brian Johnson has the opportunity. You just got to show up in Lions gear if you're Brian Johnson. Like you show up in like a Lions, like a Lions pullover and a Lions hat. And you're like, 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 and you like start FaceTiming Jared Goff. Like you get Jared Goff's number. You start FaceTiming him and like be like, yo, dude, just act like we're friends. And you get $40 million from David Tepper. You're like, no, no, Dave, that, that reported about $15 million. That's not true. I'll take $5 million a year to coach this team. And David Tepper's like, I've done it again. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Well, the interesting thing is, let's not forget when Brian Flores was interviewing for the Giants job, he texts Bill Belichick, asked him, oh, Bill Belichick texted him and was like, congrats. He was like, well, you know, I think I do got a good chance. And then he realized, like, maybe he's not talking to me. He was like, Bill, are you talking about Brian oh, Gable? Right. Me? <laughs> so could this be the same type of thing that happened? There was Brian Gate. Now we have Johnson Gate. This is, this is, this is <laughs> I like <be> that. <laughs> Well, because if you think about it, too, like usually when you register for like an email account, yeah. it'll be like, you know, L Doosable. You have L. your name Doosable. in there some type yeah, of way. Yeah, but usually <laughs> it's like your first initial dot last name at whatever. Mine's different. So yeah. it'd be, uh, most maybe people, so, I mean, yeah. look, Johnson I mean, Gate. Will, what's your email here at Paramount? Well, we uh, get all type of emails. <laughs> no, you, my, my email doesn't work, but it's will.brinson at paramount.com. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Email full away. Name, full government name. Yeah, on there. E email them all you want. Yeah. Full government yeah, email me all you want. Um, you know, I used to actually give out my email on the podcast and tell people to email and DM me, so I, and I would answer fantasy questions for them. Uh, but then, look at, they ask look at this about, good Samaritan. What would they ask you about fantasy? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good at fantasy. Ooh. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> He's like, what you trying guy, to say? Guy wins, guy wins one say. week against dudes in like a three-week two-man playoff league, and all of a sudden he thinks That's he's, right. he's smart. That's right. What's up, Will? Hey, man, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tough out again in fantasy, man. I'm a tough yeah, out. Yeah, dudes won two, Brady won one. All right, let's get into it. Speaking of Johnson Gate, let's head to, let's head to Buffalo. Where, <laughs> where There's never been any issues. That could be considered Johnson Gate in Buffalo have there. My no. goodness. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one, Brady. Uh, well, it's Buffalo, where the Buffalo Bills and Pittsburgh Steelers will play a football game <laughs> on CBS and on Paramount Plus. Yeah. And we could get that this we had a situation where the, the total of this game dropped six to seven points in a 12-hour span because of the weather because it's going to be so cold and windy. And then in Kansas City, mm. where the Dolphins will go from where you hot weathered like layabouts are down in South Florida. <laughs> Reptilian people. <laughs> yeah, you reptiles with your iguanas falling out of the trees when it drops to 55 degrees. That is true. And go to Kansas City where the wind chill, it's expected to be five degrees with a wind chill of oh negative God. 10, potentially the coldest game for both franchises, the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Um, what do you guys think? You guys are, you know, dudes, you played for the Jets and the Bills. Brady, you played 
You Brady, you spent your whole life bopping around the rust belt, battling through the cold. We've talked about how hard it is. We talked about injuries in the cold in that Monday night football game. Um, what how much of a factor? So I, I just sort of like curious what you guys like. Do you get excited for cold games like this, like insane weather games? Are you like, oh crap, this is gonna suck for several hours? I mean, you both live in South Florida, so I don't know, I don't know like how you actually feel about these cold weather games, or you're just trying to evade uh, you know, like trying to get out of there for like uh, tax purposes. Uh, I'm curious what you guys think about these cold weather games. I, I don't think I, uh, I think I had a pretty good record of like playing in games below 40 or 50 degrees, like for whatever that, that means. I, mean, I don't know what that means, but I loved playing in cold weather. I grew up playing cold weather. It never bothered me. Uh, I think most people, when like you think about how cold weather impacts the game, it's not that big of a deal to me. There's like three things that stand out. The first is obviously the grip of the football. Yeah. If it's cold, quarterbacks a lot of times have options. You can just wear a muff and use your hands. You can have a glove on your off hand, glove on both hands. The problem is once you put the glove on your throwing hand, you cannot take it off. Right. It feels so different throwing with a glove on than trying to take it off and throw it afterwards. It's just it, you can't do it game day. I always think it's really, really hard for guys to adjust. So you got to commit. You're either wearing gloves on both or one, or not at all. And that's usually how it works out. So the grip is the, the first thing. And if, you know, again, you can't feel your fingers as well, you're not going to be able to spin it or feel it as well, which then becomes an issue if there's wind. So in mm -hmm. Buffalo, for our CBS Paramount Plus game, it's going to be windy. Very and that's what makes it really, really difficult for quarterbacks then. If you're having a hard time throwing a spiral, that wind, depending on if it's a crosswind or going one direction or the other down the field, could impact the spiral and your actually of the football and obviously how far you can throw down the field. Yeah. And then the final thing I'll say is, and this one is like one of my biggest pet peeves. Were you one of the guys who would rub like Vaseline on their arms and all that? And not For sure. Okay. And we had this thing called, uh, it was warm. What was, what was it called? Warm something. It was like the white cream you could yeah. uh, heat your body up. Yeah, I, like I Tiger football. Bomb and all that. Yeah. So, so here's the problem is you would get guys who are ball carriers that they'd be putting this Vaseline on their <laughs> sleeves so or on up, their arms. And the so ball. they'd be running around putting the ball in there and like that thing would be slick, slick. all of a sudden. <laughs> and you were like, no, 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 no. Wear sleeves or, or wipe, I'd be like wiping off like people's arms. If we do it, I'm like, dude, you can't put that on the football. So those are always like the biggest concerns because you think it's funny, but like the reality is you'd be getting a snap and you'd be in the football and it's like it out. slick as yeah. all get out. Just because the Vaseline got stuck on there because some guy was carrying the ball with good <laughs> ball security, getting five points of pressure and all that on there. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, unlike Brady, I grew up in Florida, right? So uh, as far as playing in cold weather, it doesn't bother me as much. But that Kansas City game, that's a bit different, right? We were talking about this before we got on air. When it's single digits and then with the windshield becomes negative, that's a totally different animal in itself, right? Like every time you disengage, just talking about from trenches play, disengage with an offensive lineman, like your fingers feel like they get jammed every single play. Uh, Will and Brady, when you hit the ground, it literally feels like you're hitting concrete. And it Ooh. takes so long to get up. Like you you almost don't want to hit anybody when it's that cold. Because we were just talking about it. We played the Cleveland Browns, I believe it was second to the last week of the season, in Buffalo in 2016. And it was one of the coldest, probably the coldest game I ever played in. I think it was five degrees, but with the wind chill, it was like negative 10. Right. right. And literally every time like I would either hit RG3 because he was the quarterback at that time or engage with the offensive lineman, I felt like my fingers were breaking every single play. So like when it's that cold, no matter how many jackets you got on the sideline, no matter how hot the the the, we, the, the heated bench is, you just never feel warm enough. You always feel cold. So, 
it literally becomes like a mental gymnastic. Like you got to tell yourself, it's not that cold. It's not that cold. <laughs> Bro, Will, there'd be times where like it'd be so cold. I think in 09 we played a game. It was negative six with the wind chill versus Pittsburgh at home in Cleveland. And I remember guys would be getting up. They're like, I should have never sat down on the bench because you oh, would yeah. not want to get back Thanks. up because <laughs> it was so damn cold. And the bench felt so warm and cozy. Like it was a battle every time oh, to like yeah. go back out there. And so you were just like, man, this is this is excruciating to be in there. So um, it, it it definitely can change the overall demeanor. But this is the playoffs. So it is. Got to put that behind yeah. you. That's like regular so, season. So uh, not to pivot away too quickly from the cold weather games, but we have some breaking news. Yeah, and like you think I'm like, oh, breaking news. Like you're you're going to be like. Let's, let's hear it, Will. Oh, well, I wanna, I'm about to get on Twitter right now. Will. What's going on? Pete Carroll is out as Seahawks coach. No. That is not that shocking, though. Really? That's not shocking to you? No, because we heard rumors this year about that, that okay. there might be a time for him to step down. And maybe, just maybe, there's a guy who has some experience there, coached them back when they won a Super Bowl. Cowboys. Will be a really, really good fit there with Dan Quinn of the Cowboys. And so yep. I, I think what, what makes this really, really interesting now is, is let's just say, for example, Green Bay goes into Dallas and beats the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And you're Jerry Ooh. Jones, who was very noncommittal about Mike McCarthy and kind of wait and see how things go. I love how this is playing What out. do you do? Because now you're going to be in competition with Dan Quinn. Like, is Jerry Jones going to lock him up? In his uh, in his huge estate there in Dallas, and like you're not going to Seattle. I'm not letting you out of here. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you said that because we were actually talking about this last week on on the podcast, and me and uh, Ryan Wilson were saying there's no way if they lose in the wild card round that McCarthy's staying around because they mm. built that team to make it run at least at the NFC Championship game, bare minimum. I think it's NFC Championship or bust for Mike McCarthy this year just because the way this team is constructed. So that's an interesting point. If Green Bay somehow, which Green Bay's had a lot of success, they won the last four against um, the Cowboys. They've never lost at AT AT&T Stadium. Now, again, that was Aaron Rodgers as quarterback. But it'd be real interesting to see now that the Seattle job is available, what would Dan Quinn do? Would he want to stay in Dallas or would he want to go to Seattle? I was just going to say real quickly, the Seahawks have actually issued a statement After thoughtful meetings and careful consideration for the best interest of the franchise, we have amicably agreed with Pete Carroll that his role will evolve from head coach to remain with the organization as an advisor. And I think that's interesting because it's basically like, look, Pete, I mean, Pete, Pete said earlier this week, they're like, do you expect to be back? He's like, I expect to be back at this point. And to to your point on Dallas, if, if you think Dan Quinn is the guy for Seattle, you have to go kind of quick on this, right? Well, you still have to go through the proper interview yeah, process, exactly. In Seattle, right? <laughs> no, I, I mean, mean look, I mean, you have to you have to open the job up if you if you yeah, want to be involved but, in whoever. And, and by the way, like you know, you're going to call Bill Belichick, have a conversation. You're going to call Jim yeah. Harbaugh. Look, I, Dude, I would call. You Antonio cannot Pierce. have Jim Harbaugh replace Pete Carroll. That would be wild as hell. Why can't you? Yeah, that, that'd be awesome. But what's but your deal, bro? <laughs> you, you, you would call all those candidates, For Mike, sure. Mike Vrabel. You call all those candidates. You have those conversations, and, and you and you figure out kind of where you're at at that point. I, I actually find the whole Dan Quinn situation more interesting um, because let, let's just look at Atlanta, for example. Mm. Atlanta didn't get involved in the quarterback market when they could have for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. All right. He's the MVP this year. They're the number one team in the AFC. They're the number one team in the league, depending on how you look at them. Yeah. Dan Quinn's not one of the hot coaching candidates, and yet he was your head coach, took you to your Super Bowl, but you let him go. Like, 
I look at those sorts of organizational decisions where they go through a rough patch, and I look at it in a similar light to like what Amy Sistrunk Adams has done in, in Tennessee. Like I, I didn't like the the move of firing Mike Vrabel. Yeah, I didn't. And and now you look at the fact that oh, well, he's going to be a guy that Seattle brings in, right? I could easily see him going out there and taking over that job if it's not New England. Where I was like, saying, he, not he becomes New a top candidate. Yeah. So it's just funny to me how like we look at some of these coaches who get cycled through. It's like, well, maybe they should have stayed in the place that they were at in the first Correct. place if the owners just had the ability to say, let's just stay the course here. Like, we feel like we've got the guy. We're just going through a rough patch. And that happens. Like, that happens from time to time. Uh, I just kind of find that as an interesting observation. Well, we talked about that before, Brady. We were like, there's probably going to be 8 to 10. It looks like we're going to be right as far as head coaching vacancies. And we're like, you better be damn sure if you're ownership that you're firing the guy that potentially can't lead your franchise in the future because it's going to be a carousel going around and if you fire your guy like you said he's a hot commodity and three other four teams want him are you making the right decision you better have a concrete plan in place because if not you'll have these issues that the Carolina Panthers are having the Atlanta Falcons are having and then you'll keep firing coaches every two years so the Tennessee thing was a little interesting just because you know when you hire a new GM they they, they kind of want to bring their own guy in you get one like trial year to to kind of rectify things and there was rumors that him and Rand Carthen didn't get along we know he didn't get along with John Robinson either so uh we know that John Robinson just traded AJ Brown that's that's, I mean that that that, that will do that as well too but um um, there's rumors that he's hard to work with but we know his players love to play for him and he's a demanding coach um but like you said, Vrabel's going to be a hot commodity. I look at situations too, like the New Orleans Saints, and I wonder, like, or even the Chicago Bears, when you retain a head coach, you might make other moves, but then you see a guy who gets on the market, you know, like a Mike Vrabel, or mm-hmm. obviously Pete Charles there. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you then go, oh, we kind of like that guy a lot? <laughs> like, what happens if we get up that guy, you know? Well, and, and I think it's interesting too. You know, you think about this, like, with college coaches too. And I, I bring this up just because. As an NC State fan, you know, Carolina fans are sick of Mac Brown. They're like, no, I'm just saying they're like, and we're like, yes, by all means, fire Mac Brown in a cycle with all these big name colleges also searching for coaches. Good luck finding somebody who's going to do better than him. And I think that's what you look at with the Titans. It's like, you realize that this is going to be the busiest head coaching cycle in the last five years. And that's you, crazy. the Tennessee Titans, with no with maybe a quarterback, Jeffrey Simmons. And nothing else really are going to be like, hey, who wants to come to Nashville and work and work here? I mean, it, it's 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 a, that's why it's a question. Move. I think with Seattle, you know, you have a team that has like it's a good time. Pete Carroll rebuilt this team and gets to go out on a high note. He sold high. He sold low or sold high. I guess on Russell Wilson at the right time. Brought low, sold high. Yeah, low, sold high. Well, he yeah. sold he sold high on Russ, about as high as you could sell on Russ. Yeah. He did. Yeah, he, got, mean, it, he got multiple first round picks from the Broncos. For, well, that's what we're saying. Sure. He's like he brought him low with third round pick. Yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah, pay yeah. him, but he still wasn't making crazy top quarterback money. But and with then all he the, got so much in return for did, him. Did anyone really win in that? I mean, you'd say Seattle, Seattle won huge. Get Witherspoon. Well, because they get Witherspoon. So well, they 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 Charles Cross, Witherspoon, yeah. Drew Locke. I, I understand based on like <laughs> what they got, but I'm just saying like it hasn't really led them anywhere. And now well, they they're went, they went to the playoffs and went nine and eight this year. I think you can argue that yeah. they won the trade pretty heavily, pretty easily. I mean, a lot if of people were, thought last year they were going to be probably picking top five, and they went to the playoffs. Yeah, but you'd also be someone who would be like definitively the Rams won the Goff Stafford trade. Like you would probably say that. Will I think both teams won would, that trade? 
Okay, that's fair. I was about to say, I would say if you look in totality and if you yeah. look at what each has done, now again, Stafford has the ring, so you're always going to ultimately say but the Rams golf, won. Golf but the yeah, they both further. have the same amount of wins. They have like the same completion percentage and everything. So. Goff has won a division. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm saying. So I think that's a, like, like Will said, I think that's a win win for both teams. Yeah, I think, I think, I think the Rams, Goff Stafford is a win win. Goff reinvented his career. Um, you know, the Lions are the best team in that division now. The Lions have a Super Bowl window. And Stafford won a ring and and is, you know, cementing his Hall of Fame legacy. So I think both teams uh won that trade. I, I don't I think Denver lost the Seattle, the, the Russ trade bad. Like one of the worst trades we've seen in a long, long time. You give up a bunch of people. <laughs> no, no, they've given up a lot. I guess my question just is I mean, if they didn't sign Russ to the contract, which doesn't have anything to do with the trade, right? That was the Denver's decision. That happened after, yeah. I see okay. I still would still think because the, the, the conversation contract makes it look bad. It makes it look Dude. awful. <laughs> I mean, would yeah, the contract makes it look awful, but when you traded for Russ, you knew you had to give him a contract. You got to give him some money. Yeah. Yep. Well, sure, yeah. but I'm just saying those are two separate transactions. That's all yeah, I'm saying. I, I link them together. I, I think we're, we're, we're being, we're you being would semantic link them here. together. Yes. 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 Yeah. So, so, so the Montez, the Montez like sweat weeks. trade, do you not link him getting that new deal as part of the. No, okay. I, I'm saying they're two separate transactions, though. The Chase like, Claypool trade. Do you not include the? No. Uh, <laughs> oh look, my god. Let, let's let's go back back to the Seahawks, though. So yes. you think where are? You, so I'm I've got the ranking the NFL head coaching vacancies article, Ooh. and I currently have Washington one because I Ooh, think as, owner, as the best place to go. I think ownership. I think the ownership change and like the history of that 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 franchise. And, wow, you, and you're opening I mean, a quarterback. They have a terrible name. <laughs> I mean, that's, let's just start there. Can you change they, gotta, the name? they have to get a quarterback. If you go there, can you change the name? Their Josh Harris is, is open awful. to changing the name. He's open. They have okay. the number two overall pick, so you can get one of these quarterbacks in this draft class if you like I'm one of them. I'm just thinking bowls. Like, why not the Washington Bulls? You know? Is it too close to the Bills? We can't, I don't know. It's just coming to me right now. Yeah. In this too close to the Bullets, I think. How about the, I, I is, it cause the I, is it because I'm wearing the Bulls oh, hat? the hat. There you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't we call them the – you know what? I can't say what I was going to. I was going to make a joke. Oh, like, my goodness. <laughs> why don't we call them? Uh, okay, so Washington won for me. I think the top four are pretty close. Washington won, Chargers two, um, Falcons three, Raiders okay. four, big gap, Ooh. Titans, bigger gap, Panthers. Where was oh, Seattle so slot? Seattle in there. I know. Where would Seattle slot in there? Where do you think? Oh, Seattle's definitely in the top four. Seattle, Seattle be up for, for sure. Top for sure. Two, I would say two. Honestly, me, I would say Chargers than Seattle. Then honestly, I would go Falcons, then Commanders. Uh, look, I mean, here's the thing: with, with Washington, you've got some pieces, but there's a decent amount of building to do. However, sure. you have the ability to do so with new ownership, et cetera. But you need a new stadium, you need a new name. There's a lot going on there. Correct. With the Chargers, you obviously have the quarterback. You've got some pieces, but you're in cap hell. You're in cap hell. So sure. you've got a restructure there, and you've got an ownership that doesn't like to spend a lot of money. Yeah. So there's that issue. Seattle, to me, I think I might rank number one. They've got a foundation that Pete and John Schneider built. Correct. He's yep. going to kind of hang around. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And you've still got Geno there, but you also have some weapons. And I think the biggest thing is, like, what kind of coach are you looking for? Mm. Because do you bring in a defensive-minded coach since the defense is the issue, even though that's what Pete That's what was? I was thinking. That is true, though. Yeah. That, that's the hard part. Well, I mean, I think with that, you have to really sit down and think, are we going to have Geno for the next two or three years? Because I think they technically could get out of the deal after this year. Um or is this a situation where we're going to draft the guy and we need to mold him? Then do you maybe lean towards the offensive-minded coach? I think it'd be really interesting to see because this rookie 
quarterback draft class could have five guys, six guys in in that conversation uh, as being first-round talents depending on the grades. Mm -hmm. And so that's where, based on where Seattle's at, you kind of look at it and go, it would be interesting did, did JJ see. ever officially declare it? No, he hasn't. Right? I keep seeing him in Mark Johnson, but I was like, I didn't see him declare yet. Draft eligible hasn't declared, which yeah. again, I think it might depend on what Jim Harbaugh decides to do. All right, I I do agree with that. Who we think Dan Quinn? I mean, Dan Quinn's the obvious obvious move here. It is interesting we'll that this happened. Sure. Do, do Mike Vrabel and John Schneider have any connections? I think that just the timing is interesting with like. I mean, they're both dudes. <laughs> you could see Real them like guys. growing out together. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just I, I could see those two like hanging out in Lake Washington together, or like ripping on a boat. Could you see Vrabel as a Seattle guy, though? That's the question. Ah, uh, maybe. He I don't think he fits like, the profile of the Seattle. Guy. There's a lot of timber. Yeah, I agree. With you could see him as like a lumberjack. You could see him he out maybe there. Some, doing something in the wilderness, maybe. chopping some trees down yeah, or something. Maybe. Uh, I see, know. like I think John Schneider is probably top, easily top five. GMs you want to get a beer with, and Vrabel's probably a top five about. coach you want to get a beer with too. For sure, Schneider. <laughs> well, Schneider's I, I, funny as hell. Yeah. Well, I, I but I, I make this case too. Like, what organization most closely? Lim- I've had beers with Schneider. He's a great guy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we get it. You, you, you and John are name drop there. No, oh, no, no. I mean, like, I don't think I'm not gonna. I'm not, I just happen to have had beers with him. Like, had a beer with him in the combine before. Yeah, I'm great. sure you have. It's been great. Uh, I'm sure you guys have had beers together. Uh, be- beards, beards together too. <laughs> Um, what what organization most closely mimics the Patriots? I might say the Seahawks. If you look at their mm. run of success too, in the NFC West, not having the, the same amount of success, but mm. like regular season winning, yeah, consistency, consistency with yeah. from that perspective. Like if you're looking for New England, but you don't want to go and follow Bill Belichick, or you don't want to work for Mr. Kraft, you look at that roster and go, eh, I don't know about that situation. If that job comes open. Seattle's kind of like the next closest thing if you're a former Patriot and like you're kind that. of doing things that way. Just throwing that out there. That is an interesting point. And I think you look at the Seattle roster, too. You got DK. Good roster. Lockett. JSN at wide receiver. Two book Kenneth Walker. Tackles. Charbonnet at running back. You've got an offensive line that's been reworked with Charles Cross, one of the one of the Broncos picks up there. And then defensively. You know, you trade for Leonard Williams. Boy, Mafia had a breakout season. He was one of the guys that mm-hmm. got with the Broncos picks, too. And then Devin Witherspoon, who looks like a, a star. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot to like here, man. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, so, if you had to pick, Mike Vrabel or Dan Quinn, who do you think? Oh, man. I didn't think the familiarity with Quinn just makes it too obvious. I, I mean, think he's been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it's Dan Quinn with Seattle. Yeah. And I will I say this. Every, Dan Quinn makes sense. Yeah. I will say this. Every single one of the, you know, like the, the rap sheet, Schefter, the insider guys, you know, they all tweet, he's out. Every single one of them has tweeted Dan Quinn interest. And as soon as I brought it up, you mentioned Dan Quinn before even really getting, and by the way, like shout out to Pete Carroll. Awesome coach. Yeah. Incredible uh, amazing run. Amazing coach. Uh, can, Hall of can, Fame. Can I at, say this too? Yeah, it's even more so Dan Quinn if Pete Carroll remains within the organization because exactly. of the culture of that locker room. Correct. Like yep. Dan Quinn was there with him; he knows what that's like. That's a really, really unique locker room. It's super, super player-driven, player-run. And I'm not saying that like Mike Vrabel couldn't come in and do a great job, or another coach couldn't do a great job, but Dan Quinn understands like what made that Super Bowl and the back-to-back Super Bowl teams in Seattle special, mm. and how it was led with those big personalities. Pete really embraced that. The players they draft and that are there now embrace that. They yep. take ownership and accountability of it. You have to be a coach that's willing to adopt, I think, a similar philosophy 
or environment if Dan Quinn's going to stay, or excuse me, if Pete Carroll's going to stay within the organization? Because I, I think you're still going to have that impact in the locker room. I think there's a, I think there's a reasonable case to be made if you want to be sort of connect some dots that Pete Carroll was kind of on the fence about what he wanted to do. Through some back channels, you find out, hey, do we do we think this is the year Dan Quinn's going to maybe make a jump away out of Dallas? He's like, you know, his agent's like, yeah, Dan, Dan's ready for another job. Um, and then you're like, okay, we've got a one shot to really transition with a guy who, like you say, Brady, can come in and basically knows exactly – like there's going to be very little trans, – no trans, it's just a transition. I mean, that would be right. – that would that's about as smooth as you get when you change coaches in the NFL if that is what happens. So uh, sure. that is certainly interesting, and we will, of course, monitor it. Let's take a break. When we come back, revenge games, are they real? We will tell you Ooh. next – Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve dollars and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, welcome back to the Big Six Podcast. Will Brinson, BQ, news. <laughs> I don't know why I did a hard reset there. It's the graphics behind it was you guys. In, it was in yeah, your indigestion, too. You're like, Will Brinson. I think he was he was too enamored with the graphics and, you, the, you know, the Bills versus Steelers what do you have you know, for lunch? on CBS this What do you Sunday? have for lunch, Will? I had a poke bowl for lunch. There you go. Okay. Yeah, a little indigestion probably, no, too, no, with Sesame no, Seeds. No, it was um, – I got all, it's all the, it's the hype. It's the, I get like hype, like, you know, like, like, like big NFL news to me is like drinking a Red Bull. Like I get, I get jacked a natural up. Red Bull. Yeah. A natural, yeah. Yeah. Pete got Carroll, NBA, uh, NBA hat. Yeah. That makes sense. Jacked up <laughs> NFL news. It's the Durham Bulls, Brady. I'm not sure if you know what color the Ooh. Chicago Bulls I, I, are. They look like the Chicago Bulls from our Noted noted blue. I was going to say, I was surprised I had this in blue. Is that blue? It looks black. It does look black. It looks black and I red. It looks like the Bulls. It looks, it looks like the Bulls, dude. He's <laughs> looking this, around. Take his jersey down. Um, <laughs> what does it say on that jersey? Brinson sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Go Irish. Bob Quinn. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Bobby. Oh, Bobby Quinn. That's how I right. signed it for you, Bobby. That's hilarious. You, Brady, you going to do the emergency podcast with us on on uh, on Pete Carroll after this? No. <laughs> Why would we do an emergency podcast? We already we never just talked about it. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm just messing with Brady. Okay, Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford. Excuse me. He doesn't like being called Matt. And Jared Goff going up against each other. We also have, of course, Mike McCarthy against the Packers. Ooh. Joe Flacco next round could be against the Ravens. Oh, storylines. Revenge games, my favorite thing in the NFL. 
Yeah. Buy, buy or sell revenge games are real for NFL players. They're real. Of course but they're real, but it's, I, I would it's more than this. just one player. Like the Stafford situation in Detroit was like, it's probably not revenge for him yeah. because of how they parted ways. Like they gave him the opportunity to go Correct. to the Rams. Well, oh. Okay. And he Sorry. wins a Super Bowl. So it's more of like the flip side. It's more of like a revenge game for Goff in that case. Yep. Yes. Well, so revenge needs to be classified a little bit here. You can, okay. it can be a revenge has different, the revenge game has different categories to it. Okay. So like you, like Matthew Stafford doesn't have to be seeking like retribution and, and like and <laughs> vengeance against the, the Lions well, for this to be, be, which is more, I think golf is honestly. A hundred percent. No, no, no. To everyone. So like Baker, Mayfield playing the Panthers, that's a, or Baker Mayfield playing the Browns, that's a revenge game. Yeah, because you got sure. you got shipped out. Golf playing the Rams, that's revenge, a revenge game. game. Yeah, now Stafford still counts as a revenge game, but he's not like it's a different layer of revenge. I this, don't think it's really revenge. The game means more to him. He never played. Line. This is his first <laughs> playoff game in Detroit, and he played there for twelve years. This game means a ton to him. Uh, yeah, I, don't I think know. this means a lot because he's going back to the place that kind of made him a man. I mean, that's, be what, I, that's what I mean. They'll yeah. be appreciative of him, right? Yeah, I sure. mean, I don't know. I, I, I see it different. I think I see it as a revenge that's, game for golf. But, but what I'm telling you is that this, in hell this week, this is a different <laughs> level of revenge. It, it slots into the idea of the revenge game without being pure revenge. Look, I'm the revenge game guy. Don't look at me skeptically. <laughs> like I don't <laughs> come up with these. All right. Oh, but, but Flacco, like Flacco is an interesting one too. If they yeah. win. Because you could make a case how things ended there at the end of his time in Baltimore. Like right. maybe he felt a little bit wronged by it and all that. So maybe that one kind of plays into your narrative. Uh, outside of that, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, the Dallas. If you if you were playing quarterback for the Houston Texans this week, Brady, would that be a revenge game? Yes or no? Uh, kind of. I mean, that's I what I'm know. saying. Like you love the Browns. Cause, cause you grew up a Browns the, fan. The difference is the difference is is like. You know, it's a different ownership group, different general manager, like eight times over, different yeah. head coach, how many times over? Like, like honestly, like you don't have any ill will towards the place that drafted you. I know. And, and they, even even if they shipped you off, like yeah, they shipped you off, but that was a different coach, different general manager right. to handle that. So it just hits different. Like, of course you want to win. You want to win regardless of the storyline behind it. I just don't buy into it quite as much unless it's all like everything's still there. But you, and that's where I think it hits a little more home with Jared Goff because sure. of who he's playing, and then obviously who he's playing against in this case, like and who he's playing for in this. Or, case. or even I, even McCarthy, I can see him feeling the type of way just because. Yeah, of, like Mike, Mike McCarthy yeah. makes some sense there. Yeah. I think I think when you look at that, break down that matchup too. We're I'm sure Big Mike wants to wants to you know slap a nice one on no the Packers. Yeah, and they like lost when Rush went back to when Rush went back to Seattle to start the season last year. That clear revenge game, and he fell short, flat on his face. Okay, he, they, yeah, they and, lost and, that and same, same, right? Like, yeah. he had a lot of the same pieces were still there, obviously, in the yeah. front office, coaching staff, even some players. And so, yeah, that's what makes it, in my opinion. Correct. Pete, Pete Prisco says, he's like, revenge games are stupid. It's idiotic. It doesn't make any sense. No one gets more hyped up. You think they try harder? What do you think? They care more? I'm like, yes, they do care yeah, more. Yeah, they do. I'm here to yeah, tell they people do, Pete, that they, they actually do. It's just like when you when you play an old team. Like you said, it just depends on the circumstance. Like, no breakup is amicable. Everybody always talks about taking this to relationships. Like, you know, it was an amicable breakup. Somebody's going to feel away. One person's going to feel away more than the other person, right? So, no matter what, like there's always a little bit of added incentive when you play your old team. Even if, you know, you decided it was free agency, you got more money somewhere else, 
you feel away because you're like, y'all didn't feel like I was worth this. So when I come here, I'm going to lay I lay it on the line every week. But it's just a little added incentive to beat you guys just because you guys decided not to pay me what this other team did. Agreed. Okay. <laughs> um, let's take another break. And when we come back. <laughs> Good job, Will. Hey. It's it's a weird it's a weird day. Pete Carroll gets fired mid show. It sort of throws things for a loop. Well, you guys it, did he get fired or is he moving upstairs? He's he, no longer the head coach. He, he got yeah. promoted. He got he got laterally promoted. Laterally. Is that a good? Is that bad? It's like me making the same money. That's true. We're gonna play playoff survivor pool. <laughs> That's right, playoff survivor. We'll tell Uh-oh. you how, why, and we'll do it next. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Okie dokie. How about that? If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash NFL on CBS. We just got a, saw a Katie Mox, Adam Shine, a bunch of different people on the tops, tops, that other pregame show. Make sure to check that out before the playoff game on Sunday, which is on C- or Sunday, yeah, Sunday, CBS, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, which will maybe be the top pick. We have a survivor pool we're going to play. You guys know how survivor works? Yes. Used to be called a different name, and they politically correctly had to get rid of that, which is just amazing. Can't. Oh. It used to be called a. You know what? No, we're just not. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> um, here are the rules. Fantasies came to an end. Dues kicked Brady's butt. No more oh. Thursday night football. We need a way for you two to face off each week. So we're going to do a playoff survivor pool. I will also pick a team for fun. Ooh, make okay. it more interesting. Three teams. Each pool member chooses one NFL team each week. You cannot choose the same team as anyone else. All right. You may not choose the same team twice in the playoffs. Picks are straight up. No point spread. If your pick's correct, you survive. If your pick is incorrect, you <laughs> are eliminated. Harry has randomized the order. Allegedly. <laughs> no, random.org. Oh, so, so I win in fantasy and I get to pick last. No, it was random. Harry, Harry, ran, I mean, he did Harry randomly put me <laughs> I see he put that out there just to make yeah. sure we saw that, yeah. too. Harry right, randomly. Well, <laughs> yeah. Nice now, photo is shot. this only wild card weekend, or do you get to pick Only wild card weekend. Do? So you have to survive uh, to next week. So I can't then, pick Baltimore. Exactly. <laughs> no Baltimore or San Francisco. Yeah, yes. You cannot pick Baltimore. I, wait on that. I love I it. That's why I asked. I was waiting for to make a pick. That's why I asked. Ah. Do you know how funny it would be if we included the number one seeds? It was like whoever was third is the only person that had to oh, survive. So <laughs> Although this year, there's so much parody. It could be wild. <laughs> yeah. So 
when I look so at these games, you got I'm going to go ahead because I'm trying to time this to get you guys out right at 250 for your for HQ and whatnot. If you look at these games, some pretty tight spreads. I know who he's only one, only two games. Excuse me, above seven. I don't know if I want to mess around with the Packers. And in fact, I'm really more of a company man. I love CBS. I love CBS Sports. I knew he was going there. I love Paramount Plus, uh-huh. which is where, and I love That's the right. Buffalo Let's Bills. My Super Bowl. Now, now, <laughs> here's the thing. Where it gets a little interesting. If you pick the, if I pick the Bills this week, I can't pick the Bills the rest of the time. That's oh, I like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's a little, a little tricky, and I can't. It's and you else pick can, for the love of supposedly we'll pick the Rams to win it all. Yeah, I know. Bills over Rams. Yeah. Rams over Bills. Um, I will choose as my team to advance the Buffalo Bills. All that for picking the team you the talked top about. Top team. <laughs> and yet, we were trying to get us out of here on time. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh. I am going to take. The Joe Flacco led Cleveland Browns. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Road favorites. Interesting. There's some smart. There's some smart. Uh, hey, I do. I do have a tidbit for you guys. Way, all AFC teams. No one trusts any anyone in the NFC. I think the NFC go either way in all those games. Yeah. Tidbit I think all the dogs should win. Joe Flacco is tied for the most playoff road wins in NFL history with seven, with the great mm-hmm. Tom Brady. It's incredible. Joe Flacco, how many times too. I, I don't think it's crazy that January Joe could end the the quarterback. Pick him this early. He could snuff, <laughs> I think I think Joe Flacco could win a Super Bowl with the Browns. That's a hot take, but I believe it. I, I don't even think it's that's a hot, hot take. take. <laughs> I'm just saying, like he's tricky, teams. man. He's tricky in the playoffs, and that defense is one of the top defenses in football. And, the team and is what, built, man. And yeah. what about Joe Flacco's skill set has really changed in the last ten years? Like not that much. I Nothing. mean, he's still nothing he's, really. He even showed some mobility the last but, few weeks. But again, like he's yeah. the perfect fit. For yep. what they asked their quarterback, what they need sure. to do. He fits perfectly in that system. Also, a great example why you didn't need to trade for Deshaun Watson. Just go get Jeff Fike. All right, that'll do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. As always, a pleasure, gentlemen. Produce for Brady. I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.